You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back for uh, not belated, but we took a week off. New Year's, Christmas. We're back. Basketball version of MWR.com. Jeremy Moss hanging out with Eli Betker. So how was your break? Restful? It was, yeah, it was good. Definitely got a lot of uh, basketball viewing in, so that's always a necessity. Of course. That's what we're here to talk about. Hoops. Uh, did you dab at all? God, no, I haven't. I never will, and I never have. My nine, my, my, my your girl does it all the time. She's like, dab, 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 dab. I'm like, jeez. Oh, Do you know when that was popular in, in any moment in time a couple years ago? Or is it still well, kind of popular? Arenas have done dab cam. Like I've seen that. I've gone to the Mariners games at Safeco Field, and they have dab cams and stuff because they just try to do all that, all those kinds of things to get the kids interested in the game because apparently the game itself isn't interesting enough. So bring up the dab cam, and all the 8- to 10-year-olds love it, and hopefully not anyone older than that. But Well, well we got a surprise for you, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll get into it. We were, I did mention for pre-show, I'm throwing a curveball sort of. I'm like, oh, we'll talk about this, and then – the Utah State dab cam, dab Twitter attack came at me just now again. So we're talking about the Aggies, who they're doing pretty good this year. They, we'll, we'll talk about last night's game. Utah State, UNLV, on the road. And also, let me make a preface. I'll say this a million times. If you win a road game, congratulations, because it's very Definitely. difficult. So Utah State played UNLV. They won 85-78 after Utah State nearly up. Did they almost blow a 10-point lead, you'd say? Yeah, that's fair. They, But after the game... They put on Twitter, which we'll get to the game itself and that and other stuff with Kobe and McEwen, who's doing quite well the past week. On Twitter, um, they end a 23-year drought in Las Vegas. And then they have, who is on there? Coach Durier and who else? Do you know who those other two people are? I think the other two were assistants. Some assistant coaches. They put out a tweet last night, 11-13 Mountain Time, so well after the game, dabbing, which it looks like this was done pre-game, or they just did this for a stock, a stock gif. <laughs> because the background yeah, looks yeah, probably stock. a stock gift to use at certain points. Okay, congratulations on beating UNLV. 23-year drought, but um, I stuck it up, but I don't think they've played that much, that often because they both weren't in the Big West. They weren't in the WAC. This is probably, I don't know, they've only played a handful of times since they've been in the conference. So the 23-year drought is kind of misleading. I could, I could find that information out rather quickly, um, but... Yeah, the dab can, I, I can never uh, side with that. But in their defense, that is a pretty impressive win. They've had an awesome week going yeah, 2-0 yeah. on the road in a conference that is incredibly difficult to win on the road. Oh, yeah. the Oh, yeah. Fresno was a road game, too. Was it? No, Fresno was a home game. Fresno? No. Hold on a second. Yes, because the reason I know that the, on the, oh, Mount, right. the Mountain right. West Network video was the radio feed for the Aggies Network because I know oh, one of the right. guys who calls the games. And then SI called them out like, hey, you could have been more enthusiastic about the call, like a huge dunk by Fresno, but it was the Utah State radio guy. So it's like, well, how enthusiastic are they going to be because it's the radio call? Okay. Yeah, you're right. But still, that Fresno, like both those games, like Fresno game, they went to overtime after being, they did do a big comeback. Weren't they, uh, was it 9-0 run to end the game to get to force overtime? Uh, Utah State was down double digits with about four minutes left. Fresno State didn't make a field goal in the last four-plus minutes, and uh, just a bizarre finish. But Utah State was able to close that one out and pick up the overtime victory. 
and that makes it two two really quality wins against top five, top six teams in the Mountain West, and Utah State standing at three and one, alongside some of the better teams in the conference. And at least to me, I really wasn't expecting that heading into the year. So, uh, pretty impressive start for Tim Durier and uh, his Aggies. I think they're predicted seventh because I was looking at the uh, play chart. I remember there's free throws late where McEwen could have won the game, but he went one or two free throws. And the foul. Like the foul. Was that a foul? Because did you see the end of this game? Did you happen to tune yeah, I into did. it? I did. You noticed the fake travel call, right? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure which well, one. Well, late in the game, there's a travel call that was called a travel. But then they give um, McEwen, they give the call a foul on Deshaun Taylor, which I totally think was a makeup call. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, no, I switched. There's something late. I'm like, really? But happy if you fell 0.9 seconds left. They were down once. They had to. Had to. But it's like, well. And Deshaun Taylor, who is one of the best free throw shooters in the country, he went. Uh, he had a one and one and missed the front end on that one. So, just a bizarre finish. But weird things happen. And these types of situations, we have two teams that are trying to prove their own worth in the conference. And Utah State with a surprising three and one start to league play. So, yeah, and with the UNLV game, like, McEwen, he's going to be our player of the week. I'll give him, I'll have our video and stuff later. I think we'll think it's that close because 2-0, 20-plus points. I, I didn't really see anybody else who was that close. But didn't um, Hayden Dalton have one big game, but one game he scored, like, in single digits, I think. But I'm like – but so it's like, well, I got two good games. So 20 points overall wasn't great at other numbers. But the UNLV game, like, Rebels like, oh, we got this. We're going to win. But they're down 10 at, – at, this is at home, too. It's like you're at home and you lose to a team where you shouldn't be losing because UNLV – I think they're correcting themselves because I saw – look at their non-conference schedule, who they're playing. Outside of Arizona and – I guess Arizona, Utah's looking to be pretty good because they almost beat um, – Arizona, actually, sorry. Then they beat uh, – Illinois is not going to be that good. Good, but they've had a couple – those are only games. Every game been breezy. And so they go on the road to San Jose State and nearly lose. They lose at home to UNLV. They lose at home to Boise State. So is this team really going to be like fifth or – like maybe sixth place like we all thought? They'll probably be middle of the pack, and I'm not going to put too much stock into just a handful of games. But the way that they start off, why not? You gotta play... overreact. Come on, overreact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we definitely know some people are. And Brandon McCoy had a tweet last night that said, "Like everyone, take it easy. We'll be fine." Yeah, take but it easy. That's fair. It, they Boise State. I understand that they would lose that one. That's a tough matchup, just the way that the Broncos play and how they match up with UNLV. So they lost that one by nine. Didn't really look that great. San Jose State, they had no, they had no business uh, nearly losing that game. They had to just barely escape in, in overtime at San Jose. And then uh, Utah State, they trailed much of the game, and that was that was a case. So they start off one and two after an eleven two start, and the two losses before conference play are both in overtime. So they didn't have their first loss in regulation until December thirtieth against Boise State. So. Um, I did find out an interesting fact last night when I was just digging through some of UNLV's stats on the season. And I, you take into account you, how UNLV has performed based on a points-per-possession basis. And against sub-175 Ken Palm teams, which makes up, I believe, half of their uh, 16 games so far, they would be second in the nation in uh, net efficiency. Hmm. But then when you take that uh, into account, the top 75 Ken Palm teams, so um, top 175, excuse me, Illinois, Arizona, Utah, Boise State, Utah State, those those teams, uh, I think they're around 170th in the country. So you go from second in the nation to 170th. So they're pretty much one of the best teams in the nation when they're playing against 
average to to less than average teams, but once you play the top half of the country, um, they're an average team themselves. So that's something to keep an eye out on. Interesting. Yeah, like McCoy's right. We, I, as joking, kind of overreacting, but Utah State lost. It's not a good loss at home. Like it's just the past two games where it's like, well, they is this really them or is this just oh we had a stretch because it's a road and home game? It's two ways to look at it. But again, maybe Utah State's better than we thought because remember they almost beat Gonzaga without McElwain on the court on the road too, and so. And we have more Merrill, excuse me, not Morrill, Merrill, Sam Merrill go for 20 points. They have a Brown Jr. go 15. They have off the bench. They get, what, 20 points off the bench. And so it's a, one of the better games Utah State's played all year. And so you know these probably, obviously, somewhere in between. They're probably better than they are versus scraping by versus San Jose State. But again, like I said, road games. Look at Nevada. We'll get to them. They essentially had to do a big comeback to beat a bad Air Force team on the road. So you know they'll be fine. But I people saying they're going to contend for the conference – I can honestly say these past two games, meaning probably not going to contend for the conference because they're not going to win at, at Wyoming. They're probably not going to win at like Boise when they go back there. They're probably not going to win at San Diego State. Even at New Mexico, they probably should win. It's a toss-up. So, But I'd say at best, maybe fourth. That's still better than what most people thought. It's just people saying, oh, they're 11-2. They won. They nearly beat Boise State. They're going to contend in the conference. I just think they're a step behind Boise, which is what we've seen. Probably Nevada, of course, and maybe even Wyoming and San Diego State. They're probably closer to six and they're second. That, yeah, that's probably that, – I think that's a fair assessment. I do think, however, they match up pretty nicely against Nevada, like how uh, UNLV's size in, in the post could match up against Nevada. But I, I just can't see UNLV finishing out the last week within a game or two of whoever is in first place in the Mountain West. I think they'll probably finish in that four to five range in the league, and even so, that's a lot better than most people expected heading into the season. And then you also have to take into account that they are able to play the conference tournament on their home floor. So if they're able to get a favorable draw for the tournament, match up with some teams that um, are good matchups for them, then they have a shot to win three games and head to the tournament. So. Um, I you can't, definitely can't rule this team out with the amount of talent that they have on this roster, and to think that this whole team was going to transform from the worst team in program history to a top twenty-five program in the matter of one off season, I think is just a little bit too much to anticipate. And also that game, you know, we relied on three-point range because they're down quite a bit. They ended up shooting what six to twenty-three. Utah State was forty percent. So, so the Aggies are probably in that same range. They may surprise. We'll see because. The games we've done, like, let's get to Nevada really quick. I, that game started, like, at, what, late morning, early afternoon yesterday at Air Force, and they were down at least almost, what, 10 points just about in that game in the first half, had to come back to against a bad Air Force team. It's These tests are good to have, clearly, but there's no reason this game should have been only 11-point victory. True, and I believe that was the largest lead of the game. If not, then maybe 12 or 13. But I, it, it's too bad because... Oh, I, I guess I can't say it's too bad because you see Air Force, the team that's probably going to struggle in league play, so it's nice to see them compete with the league's contender. But when we were talking about Nevada's case and what we mentioned in the prior podcast with um, their need of to basically blow out teams or uh, blow out the weaker teams to improve their metrics. And mm-hmm. um, the loss, well, it's, not a, it's not a loss to Air Force, but I believe they're expected to win by at least uh, 12 points or so. And especially in Boise State's case against Wyoming, which we'll talk about. But Nevada needs to handle the teams that they're not supposed to lose to. And to 
eke out an 11-point victory against Air Force that doesn't help their standing in Kenpom, and ultimately that could decide whether or not Nevada makes it to the tournament. So they need to probably be in a 20-25 to 25 range. They're at 32 right now, and it's not often that you'll have a matchup against Air Force or New Mexico or San Jose State, so when they do have those opportunities, they need to capitalize. And um, against New Mexico at home, they only won that game by three points. So mm-hmm. those are two. Uh, you get the win, which is obviously the most important thing, but... What's next important is that you really put your stamp on that game, and uh, New Mexico won those two games by a combined 14 points against the two weakest teams in the league. Also, one quick note, like, give Air Force credit, too. They shot 50 over 50% from the field. So they are going after this Nevada defense, which you'd think pretty athletic, and it was mostly starters getting the damage done, like rebounds. Obviously, they're out-rebound by, or, yeah, out-rebound by quite a bit. Turnovers. They a little bit better. They played one of their better games, Air Force. They were just shooting very well. And it could have been a thing to plan an altitude and everything higher than what Reno is compared to Air Force. So that could have been it. Because, yeah, again, your starters, both Martin guys playing 66 minutes, Caroline 34, Kendall Stevens 37 minutes. These guys play a lot of minutes. And you're playing that high, it's going to gonna get at you. Like, even Albuquerque's pretty high altitude, people don't realize. And so there's that's part of it. But you got to beat these bad teams. Like, look what. Nevada, or not Nevada, but New Mexico and San Jose State. New Mexico crushed them. And New Mexico is not very good. <laughs> so it's, I'm not overly concerned with this, but the star players played well, but I think it's more of Air Force playing above their head than Nevada playing down. The only criticism really is that Nevada defense, which gave up probably too many points and allowed Falcons to shoot better than they normally do, over 50%. And you'll have instances where teams outperform or shoot better than they usually do, and that was the case with Air Force, a team that has struggled to score 60, 65 points this season. Um, but Nevada, you, you have to wonder a little bit because they have had a couple of games this year against teams that you have to wonder, are they are they playing down a little bit? They lost that game to San Francisco, a team that's not very good. Uh, Chris Murray, and, and as well as the coaching staff, kind of hinted at the fact that Nevada might have been downplaying their opponent a little bit. Creeps up again. Creeps up again. Uh, in their matchup against New Mexico when they just won by three, and then again uh, against Air Force. So they did play well against Texas Tech and TCU, the toughest two teams on their schedule, lost both of those ones, but did play, for the most part, generally well. Um, But that is something to keep an eye on moving forward. And their next game is at home against Utah State this Saturday, so that's a pretty intriguing matchup with the way the Aggies have been playing. Mm -hmm. And they get a a little extra, I guess they're one game game a week, so they get a little off week on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever they would normally play. So it's just, you're right, it's a little concerning because, like you said, New Mexico, they beat Fresno by 15, which is a pretty good team. They crush Radford, but they play close to, like, Texas Tech and TCU. And so, man, how they beat Texas Tech, whew, dang, that would have been helpful. They beat, because what, they beat Kansas, aren't they first place in the Big 12, essentially, undefeated? Yep, Texas Tech is playing excellent basketball. Uh, Oh boy, yeah, they beat Baylor. LPRPI, they beat Kansas. It's better than uh, Texas Tech losing some of these games, like what Oregon has done since they've lost to Boise State. Man, they have they fallen. Yeah. So, all right. So let's get to the Boise game real quick because that was a pretty that was a big game. Boise State versus Wyoming. Um. So, like, I think your tweet's accurate about going through Laramie. That's got to be the most accurate tweet I've seen all season. Thank you. <laughs> I do have a lot of uh, Wyoming fans that aren't too pleased about that. Why? Because you said they're not going to win the title, but it's going to run through them where how well teams could be? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was fairly uh, reasonable. And the reason I had that little bit at the front about the title probably not uh, belonging in Laramie is because I don't think Wyoming is one of the best two teams in this conference, so I don't think they'll be at it right at the end. But 
how teams perform in Laramie, if, whether or not they're able to get wins, is going to be just hugely important because we've already seen Wyoming knock off San Diego State and Boise State uh, in Laramie in the Arena Auditorium. Do- Dome of Doom. Come on. Dome of Dome Doom. Dome of Doom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's it's proven time and time again that it's such a difficult place to play. And I know Wyoming has that loss uh, to Northern Colorado at home this year. And it happens. You you have a one-off loss. But besides that, they've been fantastic in their own home building. So we will see some really good matchups there. They do host Nevada on January 24th, which could be an intriguing one. They also have Fresno State and Utah State back-to-back in February. So it's fair to say how teams perform in Laramie could decide whether or not they're competing for the Mountain West title in March. It's true. I think, like, because I think, like you mentioned, we've joked, in, or not joked, but put a point out. Maybe they'll go 9 0 at home, 0 9 on the road. Maybe not the case, because maybe they're a little bit better than that, but, like, they probably should beat New Mexico, probably should beat San Jose State and CSU. They might pile up enough wins to be, like, the three seed just because of how well they're at home. Like, they're probably, if they lose any home game, it's just a Nevada game. Every other game at home, they should, prob- they should win and will be favored to win. So that could be a thing where they pop wins. Like, are they really the third best team? Maybe, maybe not. Because home court, you play at home, that's fine. That This is the prime example why when they play Colorado, they go to Denver to Pepsi Center. Or when they play Kansas State or whoever, they'll go to the Pepsi Center and play. They won't go up to Laramie to play. So, I don't know. They, they might be a top three team based on record, but I don't know if they're a top three team. However, Hayton Dalton is my dark horse who could be player of the year from a team that's not in the top three. I definitely think that's a good choice. We talked about him in the preseason. This is a guy you need to watch out for. And it seems like Wyoming always has a player that is the star of the show and seems to be running the show. And he did have an off night against Nevada. That was kind of an odd game for, for both teams involved. But yeah, yeah. against Boise, and he went off again. So this Boise game I was watching, because I kind of knew what the outcome was because I didn't watch it until afterwards. I'm like, okay, they were down 16 at the half. Come back and win. And I'd say more of it had to do with Wyoming playing extremely crisp, moving the ball as well as they could in the second half, getting playing defense, defense getting fast breaks, blocks, because uh, Dalton himself had two blocks. They had eight blocks, or she had steals. Eight steals and four blocks in this game. Three by Herndon. They were attacking in the second half. And I think it's kind of, a, it is a tell of two halves clearly, but Wyoming's offense didn't look good in the first half. They were shooting too many threes. They were, because they ended up going, what, 7-27, which is never great. But this second half, like, it started to creep up a little bit because it got, what, I think to 11, end of the second half, first half, then got to 16. But then Wyoming's offense, they went on, like, huge run. Like, then they scored the first 10-plus points in the second half, but they were just whatever whatever Allen uh, Edwards said in halftime worked pretty well because they basically shut down Boise State on both sides of the ball, scoring and defense. And Boise State just completely dominated the first half, too. Mm-hmm. They were excellent on the boards. They're knocking down shots. Um, Chandler Hutchison finished the game with 20 free throws, and it's it's ridiculous. You look at the team stats. Wyoming, no no individual player had an offensive rebound, and they missed 12 free throws and still came back from a 16 point deficit in the second half to win in overtime. So it's a huge win for Wyoming, and just proves time again that Blairmy is just such a difficult place to gather wins. But for Boise State, I I wouldn't put too much stock into this loss. It happens. It's a tough place to play. It is a bit of a concerning collapse, especially when you, I mean, you lead 22-7 to 7, uh, 10 minutes into the game and, and aren't able to finish that or extend the lead. So that is a bit concerning. I think otherwise they'll be fine. Justin and Jessup had an off night. He went one for seven from deep. Sangfeller was just one of four. So they usually don't shoot from the perimeter this poorly. 
but it just happens. So I think uh, Boise State in the long run will be just fine. And also, real quick, we look at like the advanced stuff, like the. Uh, Wyoming's RPI is up pretty big. That loss dropped them 20 spots, essentially, from January 1st, which is their only loss since then. It's not going to be considered a bad loss. It's a road. It's going to be a Tier 1 loss or Group 1 loss because Wyoming is sitting at 54 in their RPI. So when it comes down to it, yeah, they're 0-2 because they have the SMU loss as well. So it's not going to be like it's not like Wyoming losing to Denver or Northern Colorado. It's going to be a loss like, okay, they lost on the road to a team that's rated here because Wyoming's RPI, which I know it's not everything, but they still take into consideration the new changes – it's better than what it was if they were to drop to 50 or 60 because I guess technically group one, you know, the old top 50 adage, it's kind of that group one is now that area, but it's extended for road games and shrunk for home games. So it's not going to come back to them. I don't know. The loss isn't surprising. It's how they lost. Like you said, they had a, started off 22-7, 16-point lead at half and losing overtime. That's the concern. Like losing, not a big deal. How they lost is what I'm looking at. And you mentioned 14-20 free throws for Hutchinson. Only one other starter got to the line with one free throw. Interesting. It, well, yeah, it's, it's an excellent point that you bring up about both with the uh, Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2 losses. This one will almost certainly belong in Quadrant 1, which which helps Boise State RPI-wise. But I wasn't expecting Boise State to head to Laramie and win that game. But like you said, the, the fashion in which they lost is a bit concerning. And Boise State doesn't have an easy slate ahead of them at all. Um, they're they're going to be in Fresno on Tuesday night, take on the Bulldogs. That's always a tough place to play. Then they host San Diego State and Utah State, and then they go on the road to play Nevada. Oh so oh they're they're heading into the gauntlet. If they can end up two and two or maybe three in one of those games, I think you're probably looking at a really solid competitor for MWC title along with Nevada. But it's a tough stretch, and that's one of the toughest four game stretches that you'll see all of Mountain West play. Certainly is. Let's take a quick uh, break here. We're going to do something different here. We're going to talk about how you can help our website out. Is that a good transition? A hard left turn? Yeah, it sounds good to me. Eli, do you like to save money? <laughs> I love to save money. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do it that cheesy. No, here's the thing. We have a pretty cool site we're part of, um, ebates.com. And Eli, I'm pretty sure since you're a college guy, you like to save money or like to save some money. And this is a pretty cool site. I'm not, I'm not just jer- jerking around or joking with you, but here it is. You go to ebates.com. If you're on any website imaginable, if you're buying um, a hotel stay, travel, because we're going to Mountain West Tournament, and I'm looking to save a few bucks for our hotel stay because you and me will be down there. Who knows where we'll stay? Hopefully not a shady two-star place, right? That's not what the plan. <laughs> Ideally, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> but here's what you can really do. But seriously, if you travel, like you go to ebates.com. I add the web extension, which is pretty cool. So it basically shoots in your face, sort of. Like, hey, you can get 10% back off to booking through here. 8% here if you shop at Target or walmart whatever you can get basically cash back on anything you purchase literally anywhere i went to try to buy a, a gift card from jiffy lube online i could get like five percent cash back by buying something straight from there so pretty much anywhere and what you want to do you'd like to sign up with us because if you sign up you can get 15 dollars or excuse me sorry 10 dollars you would get for free for just signing up all you got to do is go to ebates.com write this code down i'll put it in the show notes but write it down because we don't get a fancy wire code or something because we're sort of important, but not really, Eli. You know how that works, right? <laughs> right on the verge of importance, right? We're getting there. So here's what we got here. If you go to ebates.com, backslash... Oh, Jesus, terrible. Just do this. Sorry, I'm not going to put this code because it's. I thought it was clo- sh- shorter than what I thought. Here's the thing. ebates.com, go to our Facebook page, Mountain West Wire. You will find the details there or in the show notes here. But basically, if you sign up, you'll get 10 bucks for you. You can use for whatever you want. And then again... 
Add the extension on Chrome or Firefox or Safari. If you make a travel, get 10% cash back, 8% on a hotel, 2% at Target or whatever. These are kind of random numbers, not giving you specifics, but check it out, ebates.com. And hey, give us a thank you later because you'll get 10 bucks. And guess what? You'll help us out as well because me and Eli would like to make some lunch money, right? Always sounds good. And then, you know, if we make some lunch money and then also are able to infuse it with some ebate savings and man well that that'll equate to a couple free lunches don't you think think about it because if i spend 100 bucks in a hotel get 10 percent cash back that's 10 bucks man there you go. hotel stay in savings. vegas is 90 dollars. so get to savings ebates.com look for our code on our facebook page and the show notes but back to the show was that good enough you think we're good we got the point across there we go all right next game let's talk to mexico san jose state we meant to keep that in folks that was not an off-air conversation so new mexico <laughs> wins how did they score 80 points? 80 to 47 over San Jose State. Man, uh, San Jose State offense, what are you doing? 47 points and 64 possessions? <laughs> Come on. That's, that's, I think, the epitome of not efficient basketball. <sighs> yeah, you don't have to know analytics. Know that. Yikes, that's not your best joint of the year at all. The, like, the Lobos, we, I didn't really watch much of this, but I know the Lobos want to run. And it's funny because remember preseason or non-conference, Look what we did against New Mexico Highlands. We scored 147 points. Omaha, Nebraska, 103 points. Tennessee, nor what's TNTC? Who is that? Tennessee Tech, 100. Oh, no, they lost that game. But they scored 96 points. Sorry. They seem to want to change their um, output or offensive style depending on who they're playing. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And it's oddly enough, this is the lowest um, or the fewest possessions they've had in the game all season long 64. They. Have not had uh, looks like just two. Excuse me, three games. Uh, the rest of the season has been fewer than seventy possessions. So that's kind of an interesting slowdown pace for New Mexico. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the game too much, but it's just a score, eighty to forty-seven. Lobos are two and two in conference play, and Spartans are probably going to be team number eleven for tourney time. But I just want to point out because it's eighty to forty-seven because New Mexico. Didn't they lose like by a lot of points last week or something? Who was it? Let me see. Uh, yeah, lost to Boise by th- almost thirty points. That's a that's a pretty big swing. Lose ninety to sixty two, win eighty to forty seven. Well, I mean, conference play has been just so bizarre for this team. They've played four games. They open up nearly beating Air Force by thirty at home. Then they nearly upset Nevada by three on the road. Mm-hmm. They get blown out by Boise State, and then they deliver nearly a forty point loss to San Jose State. Yeah. So, and you mentioned I, the, the Air Force game. Right? You mentioned that. 39? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, it's, it's, it's just bizarre. Jeez. So that's all I wanted to mention about that game because it's weird. Let's get to Colorado State. And um, do we ever, did we ever figure out what Coach Stacy's tweet meant? I don't believe so, but it was an on tweet for sure. Or I guess an odd thing to say during a press conference after a loss. Yeah, they lost it to Fresno State in overtime, which, okay, Fresno's pretty good. So going to take him overtime. That's, um, that's a, like I mentioned, overtime. We've had what plenty. You got UNLV overtime, or not UNLV, but, um, you, yeah, there's a whatever a lot of overtime games so far. There's too many to keep track in the moment. I'm trying to go through my schedule here, and my I keep going back to top forty five basketball. Not the case. Fresno State on at on the road. Obviously, they win eighty two seventy nine. Probably shouldn't have come to that because Fresno had a sizable first half lead. But the tweet said was if this was a Division three team, we'd have won by fifty. Is that what it was? Yeah, fifty or forty, something like that. Well, where does that come from? Because of the CSU offense is what. 300 or worse in every statistical category, essentially. So what is Yusei doing? I, I I don't know. I don't, I'd don't. i like to know the context for sure, but it's I, I just don't understand it. Colorado State's offense is 
it's brutal. It's one of the worst in the conference, and we both expected it to take a bit of a step back after their offensive um, players that graduated last spring, and then you have some rather inefficient leaders that just by by committee they're your top usage guys. So um, CSU offense definitely uh, struggling, but I don't I don't know what to make of that D three comment. It just doesn't really make much sense. I don't know. They, one thing they did do good that game, they shot well for three-point range, about 44%, 12 of 27. And Page nearly had the game winner at the end in regulation. Or, no, actually not winner to tie it. it no, no, sorry, that was overtime. To send it to another overtime. He went 5 of 11, missed that last one. But it's just a weird game. Like, Fresno's good. They Well, they're pretty good, I should say. They had Sean Taylor and everything who had 22 points. It's just it's just all I can say. It's like it's, it's cliche to come back to road stuff, but – they didn't shoot well from free throw line for Fresno State in the second half. They only shot 63%, whereas uh, Rams were 72. Three-point was, yeah, 40%, but 9-22. Shot 40% from the field. It's just an offense that didn't do great. Turned the ball over too many times. They allowed too many free throws against the Rams, who took advantage of that, I guess. I guess only 18, but you got to lead. It's like, hold on to the lead, man. You're on the road. Why, 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 what's wrong with teams holding on to leads? Is it just because where they're playing, they get too comfortable? Because they're up... What, 10? I'm looking here in the first half, 12 points at some point, 11 points consistently through the first half? Fresno State was up 23 to 9 with about 10 minutes left in the first half, so that's a steady 14 point lead. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the next 20 minutes of gameplay, so up until about 9 minutes left in the second half, it looks like Colorado State had outscored Fresno State uh, 50 to 26. So outscored them by 24 points in that span. And uh, Colorado State wasn't able to hold on to a 10-point lead with nine minutes left in the game. That too, so, yeah, it goes both ways. So it's Back like... and forth, yeah. So both teams were unable to hold double-digit leads, and uh, eventually the game ended up in overtime. And then that 50-point come. I don't. I want to go back and maybe watch the press conference because I meant to do it but didn't get around to it. It's Stacey's a – I'd say he's a pretty good motivator, but I don't get his – I will. nobody could find the context when I asked last night. So it's – he, I mean, he's always good for a few head scratching exactly, lines. Exactly. You say she is a character to him. We, we've known that for years now. That line is interesting. And yes, I, I would like to gently assume that CSU could be a, a D three team by fifty points. But uh, man, this team is struggling to score seventy, even if the game goes to overtime. So, I think that could spell a little bit of trouble moving forward because they do play against some strong offensive players. Utah State, Wyoming are up next. Both games are on the road, so. You could realistically see Colorado State fall to one and five at conference play after going thirteen and five last year. Yikes. So um, definitely, a, definitely a new season and change of events for the Rams, who were uh, second best team in the league last season. All right, let's move forward to next week because we're probably going to be doing these once a week only. So that's a you're kind of a week X recap, whatever. Last first week of January recap. We got some games on Tuesday, which there's not much to talk about. San Jose State at San Diego State. Um, is that going to be a ninety to twelve victory for the Aztecs? Can they score ninety? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they have before. San Jose State seems to pummel the weaker teams and then uh, <laughs> play close with the stronger teams. So who really knows of the Aztecs? And then uh, a game you cannot see because it's on ESPN News. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's always unfortunate. You got Boise at Fresno. That'll be pretty interesting on, on Tuesday night because obviously road game in Fresno's Taylor, pretty good team. They, they, with um, I was going to say, um, shoot, Terry. Sorry, I forget the coach there. Terry there head, head on the sideline. It's a... Uh, We'll see. I wish I had the. Uh, I like to play what's the line of this game. They don't have it yet. Summary. Hold on. Summary, Wait. Hold on. Oh, Ken oh, Palm. Oh, oh, oh. Ken Palm oh, has it as a. Uh, what does Ken Palm have? One one point 
Uh, one point favorite for Fresno State at home. That's about right. The predictor on ESPN BPI is actually in the same category. Fifty-four percent favored for Fresno State. Sounds about right. It, that about should right. be a good game. And I think if Boise State wants to keep Nevada within their reach for the number one seed for the tournament, like I said, those four games it's going to mean a lot because Nevada, um, fortunately for them, they can reasonably start off conference play with at least a 5-0, and 6-0, and maybe even 7-0 and record. And that game against Boise State at home on January 20th will mean a lot for the number one seed for the tournament. But Boise State has a lot, I mean, a much more difficult schedule heading into conference play than Nevada does. So we'll see if Boise State can capitalize on the road. All right, so there's Wednesday games. I think we can kind of take a nap on Wednesday, maybe keep one eye on the games. Because <laughs> you got CACU at Utah State. Yeah. Wyoming and New Mexico. Maybe that game because Wyoming's an interesting road team. But UNLV and Air Force, nothing really excites me about either of those games. I'm sure we could figure something out to why we'd want to watch it. But if you're busy... Do you, think, reasons, do you think New Mexico can upset Wyoming? They're at home. I think maybe. I think it's a possibility. Wyoming's not very good away I, from I home. I wouldn't rule it out. I would say, let's go to the let's go to the numbers here. Do you have, does Ken Palm have their ratings up yet for this game? Probably not. It, it does. Uh, oh. Wyoming is a... A 49% uh, chance to win, Uh-oh. so New Mexico's actually favored in this one. Hold on. We, this might be a must-watch game. Let's play the game now, Eli. <laughs> Guess the BPI index for this game. Who's favored? I think Wyoming is favored. No. no. Fif- no. I'm already wrong. Way wrong. Way wrong. Way wrong. New Mexico's heavily favored against Wyoming. 71.4%. <laughs> How, though? I, that just doesn't make sense. Maybe that's something maybe we need to watch to find out because, well, I mean, they're not bad out of the way from home, but obviously worse just because playing at Dome of Doom is tough. They lost to Denver and at South Carolina. That's their only road losses in Nevada. They only had three road losses this year to teams that are outside outside of, um, well, they're all pretty good teams. South Carolina, Nevada. Yeah, those aren't bad teams they lost to. Denver, I guess, is their worst loss, but Denver's probably going to be okay in the uh, Summit League, I want to say. But maybe we should watch it. 71% that. though? Yeah. That- yeah. I mean, I, would I be shocked at all if New Mexico won this game? Not a bit. And I'm almost, even before you riddle off those numbers, I would probably <laughs> take New Mexico. I feel like that's a trap game for Wyoming. That's a tough place to play. I think, I'm going uh, to predict the Cowboys to win. Fans, but, so. Yeah, they'll fill out the I think, I think I'm going to roll with New Mexico. Ooh, I'm going Cowboys. We don't pick too many games at the moment, but I'm going Cowboys for that one. It'll be a close one. I, I'm a fan of Hayne Dalton, so that's what I'm going with. All right, so Saturday really quick. Um, let's see, anything interesting. There's actually two big, two big games on Saturday I want to see. I want to see a Utah State at Nevada because what well, Utah State's been playing, there's a chance they could upset Nevada. That's a what five o'clock Pacific at Lawler Lawler Arena, <laughs> whatever it's called, the Rural Drawer at Dirty Rock. That's what I'm, that's how I'm speaking tonight. Um, that game, and then also San Diego State at Boise State because that's always a rivalry game. It's on ESPN too, so you can watch that when you like. Just a heads up. There we go. You can watch Boise. Yeah, San Jose State and Boise State. Those are those are always good matchups. Those seem to go down to the wire. Not always the prettiest uh, offensive showcase. We've seen that in the past, especially when Nick Duncan is chucking up 11, 12 threes. Mm-hmm. But I think this one's going to be interesting because San Jose State, they're going to need to start capitalizing on these road opportunities and what better place to do it than in Boise. So they could move to 4-1 and one in league play if they're able to win at Boise. Otherwise, you could see them slip back into the middle of the pack, which very few probably projected heading into the year. 
yeah, so there's that, and like I said, Utah State Nevada. We'll see what McEwen does against uh, Martin Twins and and Kendall and everything. Everybody, what they have going on that because I want to see Utah State get too because they're going to have two big wins, one road game win, one home win, and they maybe they're the team that could. Uh, I think they're overachieving their ranking at the moment. So I think they were like I said seventh in preseason, and I don't think they'll beat Nevada because um, let's look at the uh, BPI here. Oh boy, ninety-one percent for Nevada. <laughs> oh, you, okay. That was actually the first number that came, that popped into my head. Ninety-one percent. So I, I think Utah State can make it interesting. Depends what team shows up, because it's they've been up and down and haven't been. There's a reason they're predicting where they're at and why they've lost to like Weber State or Portland State or like uh, BYU wasn't that close in Utah by ten stuff like that. So losing to OK teams, losing to San Diego State by twenty is not great. But I think if a certain Utah State team shows up, they can make it interesting. But I'm not going to predict them to win. But the uh, rest- would you, would, do you feel better about San Diego State on the road than Utah State on the road? Ooh man, that's a good one. Um, I feel better about San Diego State. I yeah, I think so too. I do think if Utah State is going to win, it's good because of McEwen shows up big and Sam Merrill both show up, like maybe combined for 55 points or something. I don't think Nevada is going to win by more than five or six points, though. Utah State's been competitive in just about every game besides that San Diego State game. That's kind of an anomaly. True. You mentioned that that they they played excellent on the road against Gonzaga. I know the final score isn't indicative of that, but even without McEwen, they led the Bulldogs for about three quarters of the game, and most of the other games were rather close or on the road. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. I expect both of these games to probably go down to the wire. So that's an excellent double header for Saturday night. And also think about it. If Utah state keeps it close, look what happened to air force in Nevada. When they kept close, Nevada struggles because they seem to, when they get in tight spots, they overcame air force, which they should, but Utah state's better than air force. And if it's a tight back and forth game, they've seen to kind of clam up a little bit or not play as well as they should. And that makes sense, too, with Nevada style because they tend to lean on isolation, more of an NBA-style offense. So sometimes the shot, the shots just don't fall, and that's when the other teams can creep up and sneak up on some teams like you saw San Francisco do uh, mm-hmm. in Las Vegas just a couple weeks back. So both of those games are definitely must-watch if you can view them. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if either of the road teams can win those games because if they, if they are able to, then maybe we have a – Maybe a three-way uh, race for the MWC title coming into it, and I—I I mean, Utah State. I was not expecting that they would be standing three and one at this point, and nope. even be in the conversation of competing against Nevada. So we'll see how those two games turn out. So right now we're gonna we'd check the schedule for the rest of Saturday games. We'll have previews and recaps on those, but no need to go through every game. So bracket matrix hasn't really updated of late, and so I'd ask you, like, with Boise losing to Wyoming, does that? How much does that hinder their like at large chances? Well, I mean, I the selection committee. So each each selection committee member. I'm just going to go deep into this. Uh, is the only way I know yeah, how to. That's fine. That's so this you have you have ten selection members. Uh, ten ten guys on the uh, selection committee, and each member is assigned to about three different conferences. So you do have these selection members that are watching and monitoring each conference. So. Even though on paper around the nation, a lot of, a lot of uh, fans and media probably don't know that much about Wyoming, but the ones that are watching the Mountain West Conference, they do know that Wyoming is a very difficult place to play. So on paper, it's not a great-looking loss, but for those that know the conference, know that it's really difficult to win in Laramie. So um, in short, it obviously doesn't look good on the resume. Boise State is probably 
I mean, they're at large. I think their at large chances took a bigger hit with Oregon than they did with the Wyoming loss because the Oregon win, which uh, happened back on the first of December in Eugene, that was supposed to be Boise State's signature win that could propel them to the NCAA tournament. But the Ducks have just—I mean—they have looked not good at all against Oregon State or Utah, losing both of those games by double digits. So the Ducks probably aren't going to contend for the Pac-12 title even after their Final Four run last season. So I think that really hurts Boise State first and foremost because that's the team that Boise State was leaning on to help them get to the tournament, and the Oregon Ducks just haven't delivered. So, okay, let me ask you about this, because I kind of wrote off San Diego State. Are they still in the mix, you think? Because we mentioned after they lost to Wyoming, oh, they're out of it because of the Cal loss and other stuff. They have the Gonzaga win. What would they need to do to get back? Are they? Was that were we premature a couple weeks ago saying, "Oh, they're out"? No, I don't think so. I I still think San Jose State will need to win the conference tournament to get in. I think Nevada still probably only has, um, or excuse me, Nevada is probably the only team in the conference that has any sort of chance at large bid. And I know that sounds brutal to Boise State with their thirteen and three record, but just the wins aren't there right now. The best one they can pick up is at Nevada, and if Nevada doesn't make it to the NCAA tournament, then uh, how much how much weight does that carry? Especially if Oregon is a first four or bubble team. That just that isn't the type of win that gets you to the tournament. So I still think Nevada has the best shot, and I think uh, we have to keep an eye on their Ken Palm ranking because if it's in the top 25, they probably have a good chance of getting that large bid. Otherwise, things get a little bit shaky, so... I, I will we'll say this time and time again. The best case, I think, for this league to get two bids is for Nevada to lose in the Mountain West Tournament Final, and uh, we'll see two bids get in that way. All right, so we'll see. We'll be down there because I think that tournament will be nuts. And so I think that's all I think that's all we got for today. We talked last week, upcoming week, good 40-plus minutes, talked about how you could save some money, so go do that, please. Check our Facebook page, MWCWire, because we don't have that many people on there, and we're sort of begging for likes or follows. Rate us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. Give us a good review. Five star would be preferably. And you can tell us we suck, but still five stars. That's how it works, right? It's misleading, but it works for sure. Just let us know. Like, any, any review you could have would be excellent for this because we've got a great basketball mind, Eli. I'm a, I'll say, mediocre basketball mind. I can, I can, find, the, I can find the commentary, what we want to discuss, make some jokes, and give some hard-hitting analysis like, no, Rams want to beat any D3 team by 50 points. There we go. That's what you get from me. So that's it. So yeah, mwwire.com. That's our website. Obviously, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, tune in. Oh, Stitcher as well. If you use a Stitcher, it's pretty cool. It's sort of like SoundCloud, but we're not on SoundCloud. So go to Stitcher.com. If you use that platform, you can find us there. And any last uh, comments we need to add about hoops, Eli? Are we good? Um. Okay. One more thing. Do it. I'm going to ask you. So Hayden Dalton is at New Mexico and home against Colorado State this week. Mm-hmm. Um, let's set the over-under at 58 points. What do you think he does, over-under? So, hold on, he's played at New Mexico, and who else? And home against Colorado State. What's he averaging on the year? Let me, I need I need some background here. Okay, Hayden Dolan is currently averaging... Uh, he's averaging 17.4 points per game, but let's not discount the fact that he has gone off multiple times for at least 25 points this season. Let me see. Sorry, I started to. I, I closed that page out here. So let me pull up his game game log because he had 34. He had 36 for San Diego State, but only five versus Nevada. So you put it at 58. I'm saying yeah, 58 against two of the weaker teams in the league. 
That's a good number. I'm going to go under though. I think okay. I say I think 50 is what he'll get. I think he'd get 50. That wouldn't surprise me. But 58, that's almost 30 per game. That's tough. But that is tough. I'll take the over to make things interesting. Ooh. I guess we'll address it on the next podcast. <laughs> exactly. I think this could be a good week for him. He's had 36 and 29, 28, 30. So he's done it before. We'll see what he does this week. Possibly. That's a five, too, versus Nevada. Five, so. That is Got to throw that there so for It works both ways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, check us out at MWR.com, and we'll see you next time, folks.